asked a few of you who have a, a different culture or um, background, language, native language, to come and share John 3.16 with us in your language. So if I asked you, if you would just come up here right now and just stand up here, I'm going to bring you up one at a time. So give these people a big hand. Come on up. And uh, we'll start with Irene. You can just stand right here. Everybody else, just wait right here. And just tell me the language you're saying it in. And this is John 3.16. It's in the Dutch language. Um, if you don't know what Dutch is, it's not German, because that's Deutsch. This is Dutch from the Netherlands. And before I go, I, I, something was just on my heart earlier. I just wanted to say, um, since we're having the Thanksgiving potluck today, I just wanted to say how thankful I am for this church. Amen. How thankful I am to God for all that he's done for all of us. Yes. And it's not what you have. Yes. Because the things that you have that make you happy are always um, things that you cannot buy. Amen. Just wanted to say that. All right. So I'll say this in the best, the best that I can. So, John 3.16. For God hilt so veel van die wereld, dat hij zo'n enig boren, zo'n gaaf, dat wie in hem gelooft, niet verloren gaat, maar, maar jeugdig leven hebben. Amen. That's exactly how I would have said it. Amen. Give her a big hand. And now, Mother Betty... She's going to say it in English. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And Robert, what, uh, tell us what language you're going to say it in and John 3.16. In, in Tagalog. So John 3.16 in Tagalog version. Sapagkat gayon na lamang ang pag-ibig ng Diyos sa sangkatauhan, kaya't ibinigay niya ang kanyang kaisa-isang anak upang ang sinumang sumampalataya sa kanya ay hindi mapahamak kundi magkaroon ng buhay na walang hanggan. Wow! Great! Salamat! Okay, thank you. We have one more. You don't see her up here, but May recorded something for us in her language, Pompeii. Language. So listen to this. Hello, Church Mate here. Hello, everyone. I'm going to read John 3 16 in Bombay to you all. It says, We are Thank you all. Love you all. Miss you all. Bye. Amen. And then we've got one in Spanish. John 3.16 Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo que da, ha dado a su Hijo unigénito para que todo aquel que en él cree no se pierda, mas tenga vida eterna. Juan 3.16 Amen. Amen. And one of the things that I love is the cultures here, obviously. I, I just absolutely love that. We have others that weren't here today, but we could have had a line up here of people. But I love that. I love that because it's what heaven is going to look like. Amen? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here this afternoon. Um, you know, 2 o'clock service. It's great time to come and join church. You can sleep in. You can stretch. You can go out, take care of your shopping, go out, work out, and you show up to church at 2. I love it. Don't you love it? Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 
How many enjoy that video we just saw? Did you enjoy that video? It is powerful. It is a powerful truth that each of us have to remember. There are things that it reminds me really of my little, I have a boxer dog who's 85 pounds. And we, he's about yay high. He's a, he's a good sized dog. Well, when he was a puppy, we got him at six weeks old. We had a little fence about this tall that we would put up to keep him penned in a certain area. Well, we can take that same little fence and put it up now. He doesn't know that he can jump right over it. He doesn't know that he could just run right through it and it would just fall right down. Because they're trained. We're trained to react a certain way. And unfortunately for you and I, sometimes life will, will dictate to us how we're supposed to live our life. And we live, live a defeated life. We, and, and as I mentioned last week, we were talking about living free as the series. And we talked about how God's plan is to restore you to the identity he has for you and I. You see, we come into life like I did. I didn't know God. I didn't know this plan he had for me until my mid-20s. And at that time, I discovered that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. The world will teach you what that identity should be. And the world will tell you to, to get up on over the person that's trying to get up on over you. It's, it's you take the, 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 the low road, basically. You do whatever you can to advance your kingdom. You know, that's what the world tells you to do is just do it your way. Lie, cheat, steal to get to the top. And, and many of us have been there. Many of us have lived that way. But God's plan is so different. It's so opposed to what the world tells us. And it's only discovered through his word, through discovering what that true identity is in Christ. How many are thankful for a new identity in Christ? Amen. Are you thankful? Amen. You know, one of the things that um, I wanted to talk to you about today in particular we get excited, at least I do. This is my favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving, coming up. I've mentioned this to my church. They know this very well. And I love it because it gets us around a dinner table. We fellowship. We have a great time. We reflect on what the Lord has done. But that's not always the case for everybody. So you may be sitting here today and you're dreading a Thanksgiving feast that's coming up because of a particular family member or a particular relative friend that you know is going to be there and you don't want to be there. Amen? Don't have to raise your hand because that may be you. It may not be you. Uh, you may be sitting next to that person. But here's, here's the problem. Many of us have these hurts and angers and, and disappointments that, that because life has beaten you up and it's taken you out of the identity that God has chosen for you. And you're not living in that purpose that God has defined for you. It's taken you, it's sidetracked you from your purpose. So I want to read to you today or talk to you today uh, about living free part two. And I'm really going to focus on two things. Forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. forgiveness. And repentance. repentance. Those two words right there. Because they're huge. They're huge. Uh, if you'll stand with me while I read the, my sermon text this afternoon, it's just one verse, and I don't have a handout today to pass to you, so just listen carefully. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
2 Corinthians, and that's right after 1 Corinthians. Okay, chapter 10 and verse 4 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your anointed and holy word. Now we pray that you give us divine divine guidance to not only hear the word, but to put it into practice. I pray, Lord, that as you give me the words to speak this afternoon, that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to be able to see the path that you have for each of us. Help us to live a life free of bondage. Help us to live a life in, in the identity that you have chosen for each of us. And that is our prayer this afternoon in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. So, forgiveness and repentance, these are two weapons. Everybody say weapons. weapons. And I want you to realize they're weapons that you each have. Uh, we have many weapons. The Bible tells us about the armor of God. And you should know about the armor of God because this ties into that, although I'm not going to get into all of the armor of God or even really touch that. I do want to talk to you about forgiveness and weapons. Weapons can also be used against you. And what I mean by that is unforgiveness, anger can be used against you. And maybe some of you are struggling with that or have struggled with that. And you know how powerful that can be. But I want to remind you of the words of Jesus. Jesus in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Listen to these words. And I believe we have them up on the screen. It says this. Jesus said, while he was on the cross, after having been whipped, beaten, scourged, a crown of thorns placed on his head, naked in front of the whole world, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yes. And, I, and I dare say that if that was you or I up there, could we do that? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But the source of all forgiveness comes from the cross, from Calvary, from Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? Our source of forgiveness comes from there. We have to rest in that. Another scripture found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12. And I, and I just want to point out to you how Jesus is the one to forgive us of our sins. The words of Jesus in the New Living Translation spell it out this way. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So there's something, there's another dynamic going on here as well. Not only does he forgive us of our sins, but, but the Bible says that if, as we forgive those who sin against us, he forgives our sins. What, what he's telling us is, if we're not stepping out and asking for forgiveness, why would we expect him to forgive us? Okay, so I want you to start thinking about that. And, and here's the, the, the message or the truth of the Bible. It all started in the Old Testament. The Old Testament Hebrew people, the, 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 the chosen people of God, were looking to a, to a redeemer, to looking forward to a savior, one that would forgive them of their sins. They didn't have that in the Old Testament. That's why there were so many sacrifices. They had to perform bloody sacrifices. And, and every year they would, on the Day of Atonement, perform a sacrifice that basically would just roll over the sins from one year to the next. But they would never get complete forgiveness in their spirit for their past. 
it wasn't until the New Testament arrived and until Jesus Christ arrived that he was the final Lamb of God slain for sinners. Amen? He was born to die for you and I. That was his mission. That's why he came to this earth. He willingly went to a cross to pay your debt. Think about that for a second. He paid your debt. And the great news that I love about that is, and I, and I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, that the past is now forgotten. He has taken those, sea, those sins and thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. Amen. Never to be remembered against you again. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I hear that. I get excited because now I know it's just... It's my brother that knows <laughs> and, and maybe a select other people or whatever the case may be. Uh, but God, when, when you bring that up to him, he's going, what? What are you talking about? I have no recollection. I have no idea of what you're talking about. Because he, he, he pulls out his, his cabinet and he's looking, looking, Mendez, 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 Ruben, Ricardo, uh, Bianca, Anna, and a million others. Oh, there your file is. And it's empty. Yes. It's empty. The folder is empty. There's no more sins in there. Thank you, because he took them away. Amen. Yeah. And that's where you and I sit today. Amen. He has forgiven us of our sins. So here's the thing. The, the spiritual transaction of forgiveness. Sin is ultimately a rebellion against God's will. Against God's truth. Sin Sin, you know, we tend to look at things, right? I tended to look at things like, well, I, I ain't killed nobody. You know, have you said that before? Nobody died, right? We've all said that. But it doesn't matter if you murder someone or you're telling that little lie. In God's view, a sin is a sin. Amen. I need you to understand that. A sin is a sin. We as, as human beings, we tend to make things, well, this is a grave sin, this is a lesser quality of a sin. In God's eyes, according to the word of God, a sin is a sin. Disobedience against God is sin. Amen? Yeah. Because, because of that, God is the only one that can ultimately forgive us of sin. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be able to forgive us of our sins. When we take on Christ as, as a new person that comes to church saying, Lord, I need you. Uh, I don't know what all this plan is. I don't know how this works, but I confess you as, as Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my past, my hurts, my, the, the issues of my life in the past. And he comes and he does just that. He forgives you of all your past. And he says, here, I give you a new clean slate. Now walk in this, in this way today. Go and sin no more. Amen. Now, does that mean we have to be perfect? No. How many here are perfect? Uh, I didn't think so. I better put my hand down. None of us are perfect. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. But all that means is you pick yourself up and you keep walking in that direction that you were walking in. Amen. Jesus paid your debt at the cross. And do you realize this? This is the ultimate healing of all. You know, we pray for people that are sick, that have infirmities, that have diseases for, for healing and God still heals. He's still in the healing business. But did you realize that when he forgave you of your sins and he granted you eternal life, that is the greatest healing you've ever received? 
you've received a spiritual healing. A spiritual healing that no man can do, no doctor can give you, no psychologist can write a prescription for. It only comes from Almighty God. And He has chosen to forgive you. Amen? We're thankful for that. I, I remember years ago, there was a, this was when I first became a believer, and I've shared this story here before, but if you haven't heard it, years ago I was uh, probably a year into being a believer. So a new believer was still learning a lot about the Bible, and I, I met this family, and I remember being invited to their home, and uh, he invited me for a reason, though I didn't know this, a specific reason, and he began to tell me about his situation, how he had no money, he was out of a job, and on and on and on, and I, he showed me his refrigerator. He had a gallon of milk in there. He had, about, he had three kids at that time, husband and wife, and they're both down and out. And he brought me over to show me that to see if I can help him. But he didn't have to show me all that. All he had to do was just ask, and I probably would have helped him anyways. But I ended up loaning him at that time, and even now, huge amount of money, which you learn. Everybody say you learn. <laughs> And I loaned him $1,000 at that time. I took him, bought him groceries, filled up a shopping cart, brought it back. And then I said, here you go. We worked out a plan that he was going to pay me back within a year. I said, that's great. You pay me back every year, every month, excuse me, uh, a monthly payment. And then we went on our way. Well, that next month, you know, he, he paid me some money uh, towards the loan. And then after that, you know, I, I'd see him in church and then I'd see him come in the door, but he'd never come up and talk to me anymore. He would just go that way. If I went this way, he'd go that way. If I went that way, he'd go this way. And he kept avoiding me. So every time I saw him at church, I kept going, well, there goes my 900 bucks because he paid me 100 bucks. And all I could focus on was the money he owed me. And all of a sudden, this spirit of bitterness and resentment, like, why did I ever? And how could he ever? And all these things started coming up in my mind of unforgiveness. And I realized it was getting to a point where, hey, I, I better control this right now because it's starting to consume me where I was starting to get very angry with this individual. And it was consuming my thoughts every time I would see him. And how many know that's not healthy? It's not a healthy place to be. So... In praying, the Lord said this. He told me this. You need to go and forgive him. I'm saying, whoa, time out, time out. For me, forgive him. What do you mean? I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. He goes, no, but your spirit stinks. He was telling me my spirit, my attitude stunk. And that I should go to him and tell him, you know what? I forgive you of the debt. Don't worry about paying me another dime, and I release you from that right now as of today. And that's essentially what I ended up doing. Uh, I did ask God a couple times, are you sure this is your will? But that's what I kept. The Holy Spirit was telling me, this is what you need to do. And it wasn't easy because I wanted my 900 bucks. I could spend it on things for my family. And uh, as it turns out, God released me from anger from unforgiveness. I was, I was getting to the point where I was saying, I'll never forgive that guy for doing that. I mean, that's a dangerous place to be. Amen. And we just read a scripture that the Bible says, when you forgive others, God, God forgives you. Yes. And I was in danger of not having that 
that, that spiritual application working or that spiritual truth working in my life. See, if I choose not to forgive someone, why should God choose to forgive me? And, and so God quickly, in my first couple of years of being a believer, taught me that lesson. So uh, I learned. Uh, I haven't learned it 100%, but I've learned. And, uh, you know, how many know we're all a work in progress? Amen? We're all a work in progress. But I learned that I need to release it because that was holding me in bondage. And, and once I did, I became, I was like that elephant. I just ripped that peg right out of the ground. I ripped it right out. And it was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to be living. Next, we have the, the fact that the spiritual transaction when we were forgiven, what, what is that all about? What, what happens when we're forgiven? And here's, here's the basic things of what happens when we're forgiven. Number one, we're saved. We're saved. Well, what are we saved from? I had someone recently say, what are we saved from? Well, we're saved from an eternity without God. We're saved from hell. We're saved from those two basic things, but we're saved from so much more. Amen? I can't imagine not being in the presence of God. I can't imagine not having his presence, being able to just talk to him on a daily basis, being able to just give him my problem or my issue or, or just speaking to him and whispering, God, you are great. You are faithful. You are amazing. I, I love that, that we can do that at any place, at any time in our life. Amen. Listen to the words in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14. It says this, for if you forgive other people, When they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Let me say that again. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That is the lesson I learned. If you're here today and you're struggling with that, God wants to remind you that he will forgive you. But you may, you may have to ask somebody for forgiveness first. But, Pastor Rick, I didn't do anything wrong. It was their fault. Yeah, sometimes God says, you need to be the bigger person. You need to show them the way of God, the the love of God. And and somehow, in that spiritual transaction, God will speak to them. Do you know how much conviction that person is going to have going forward? Do you know how much God is going to be speaking to that person then, from that point on? You never know what... God is capable of doing in that person's life going forward. Mark 11 and verse 25, listen to these words of Jesus. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And that's powerful because many of us may have been hurt in circumstances that were not fair that were maybe tragic. But the word of God is still saying, if you hold anything against anyone. Everybody say anyone. Anyone. I looked that word up in the Greek, and that word anyone means anyone. Amen. (laughs) It means anyone. Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. See, the biblical meaning of forgiveness is to release You're going to have the victory when you choose to forgive someone. You are going to have the victory. God is going to set you free from bondage. 
God is going to break those chains of bondage. No longer will you be held captive by anger or a spirit of bitterness. Because how many know you? nobody wants to be around a person that is bitter? Nobody wants to be around a cranky, bitter person. Okay, don't elbow that person next to you if that's that cranky, bitter person. Just pray for them, amen? <laughs> Do you realize this? And it took me a few years to realize this in my life, but that forgiveness rewrites and redeems your past. Forgiveness rewrites and redeems your past. You, you now, when you look back, yeah, sure, you remember where you were at, what you did, what you said. But God doesn't any longer hold that against you. He has rewritten your past and given you a new future. Amen. That is powerful. That comes through forgiveness. Forgiveness. Amen. Have you heard this expression before? Hurt people hurt people. Forgiven people forgive people. You as forgiven people, as believers of God, should choose to take the higher ground and choose to forgive one another. If somebody, the Bible in the King James says, if someone has ought against you, has a problem with you, has an issue with you, or you have an issue with them, you ought to forgive them. Amen? Amen. You ought to go to them. Well, I, I didn't do anything wrong. They did it. They caused it. They instigated it. But if you know in your heart that you should ask them for forgiveness, then that is your job. That is how we are to walk in obedience. That is when God truly releases you and you begin to experience the blessings of walking in the divine life that he has for you. Because the world tells you, no, you don't go ask them for forgiveness. They're the ones that hurt you. They're the ones that should come to you and ask you for forgiveness. How many know people like that? They're a little hard-headed, right? And you can elbow them now. Okay. Because we all know people like that. And if you don't, you are that person just saying, all right. Hurt people, hurt people, but forgiven people forgive people. Let's not forget that. We should be forgiving. The second weapon is repentance. Everybody say repentance. Repentance. This is also a gift from God. Biblical repentance indicates a clear, clear uh, conscious awareness of personal sin. You're not going to repent unless you're aware of personal sin is what, what I'm trying to say. It, and I've always explained it this way. It's, it's walking this way in life and then you meet Christ and you convert your life over to him and now you begin walking 180 degrees this way. You have a new life that you're that you're experiencing. How many know what I'm talking about this afternoon? You are walking in the newness of life. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation, the Bible says. Repentance is crucial to breakthrough. If you know that you sinned and you don't ask God for forgiveness, you will not experience breakthrough. If you know that you're in a bad place, Maybe not be of your own doing, but of others. And you know you should be in a place of repentance. You will not experience God's identity for you. You will not be living in the purpose that he has for you. It's really that simple. You will struggle and struggle and struggle. There's, there's a person I know, not in this church. No, you don't know this person, but they have drama follow them everywhere they go. 
And you know these people. They have drama everywhere they go. Do you think that's by accident? Do you think people like that just have bad luck? Do you think they just um, aren't connected or they just, you know, born on the wrong side of the truth? No, it's not any of that. These people are choosing to, to continue to live in this identity that Christ Jesus never intended for them. They choose to continue to live the way their mama, their papa, their granddad, their grandmama, I mean, so forth and so on, that they lived or how their friends lived. And they continue to repeat, recycle the same lifestyle, lifestyle never realizing that Christ's identity for you is so different than that. Christ doesn't want you to have drama like that in your life every single day. I mean, I, I get it. We will have drama at times. There will be things that happen. But it shouldn't be a regular, normal circumstance of your life. Amen? When you're living free, when you repent, when you seek forgiveness, that's not the lifestyle we have. I said goodbye to that lifestyle a long time ago. Thank God I don't live like that anymore. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And apparently some people that I know don't, aren't sick and tired enough. They need to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. So repentance is that, is literally changing your mind from one position to another by the help and by the grace of God. So here's what a repentance model looks like. And I'm not going to take too much more of your time this afternoon. You can begin by declaring it. Repentance is not done like this. In other words, silent. You have to declare it. You have to utter. You have to vocalize repentance. When you come to God, it's not just a silent prayer. Now there's a time and a place for silence, for meditation, but when you come to the Lord in repentance, he wants you to declare it. He wants you to say, I cannot do life without you, Lord. I need you to forgive me of my past. I need you to forgive me in this instance right now where I know I sinned. And I know it wasn't pleasing to you because I know it goes against your word. Or maybe because I hurt that person in my family, hurt my relative, hurt my spouse, hurt my child, hurt my dad, hurt my mom. So it's the first thing that we do is we repent. We vocalize it. Everybody say vocalize it. And then the second thing we do is we receive. Say that with me. Receive. We receive God's forgiveness. Because it's that simple. The word of God states that if you repent, if you vocalize your sins to him, he is just and able to forgive you of your sins. Amen. First John, that's Bible right there. Straight up truth Bible right there. You cannot go around that. You confess your sin. How many times? 70 times? No. Once. It says once. Just confess it once. If you confess it once, he forgave you of your past. Too many of us walk around in condemnation and living in a, in a lifestyle of shame from what we did in the past when God set you free. You're still stuck here. You haven't made that turn. You know you're supposed to be walking that way, but, but you can't get that U-turn going. And, and God wants you to walk this way. He's given you the victory. He's forgiven you of that old life. Now he's choosing, he's asking you, Will you, will you live now in a repented lifestyle? Will you choose to say every time, anytime that you know you're doing 
or, or living against the will of God. Lord, forgive me. Lord, Lord, I repent of this. And then finally, remember this. We discovered this in the first part of our series. That both the spiritual and the physical realms are involved. What do I mean by that? I brought up the fact that the book of Job started, his issue started in the heavenly realms. How many remember the book of Job, the great story of Job? Satan and the angels, the Bible says, were roaming around and, and they came up to the Lord. This is straight up in Job chapter 1. And it says in the word of God that they came and the Lord says, what are you doing? What are you doing? He goes, well, I'm just roaming around. You know, because that's what the Bible says, that the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And in this case, the Lord said this. This was always just, uh, it blows me away. I have a hard time comprehending this. He goes, well, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Brenda? Have you considered my servant Irene? Have you considered my servant Anna? I mean, think about that. The Lord is actually telling our adversary, hey, have you thought about messing with that person? I'm going like, Lord, why would you even say that? Well, how many know that the Lord knows the beginning from the end? Aren't you thankful for that? But, but here, the, the point of this is that his problems, Job's problems, began in the spiritual realm. Keep that in mind. So when you do get attacked spiritually, don't fight it physically. Our weapons are not, are not physical, as that first scripture I read stated. Our weapons are spiritual. We got to remember, if it started in the heavenlies, we got to fight it that way as well. We got to fight it by putting on the armor of God. And I know that's another, that's another sermon for another time. But we have to learn, we have to fight it spiritually. And it starts by declaring to God, Lord, start, starts with forgiveness. Because you may be in a battle because you have not for, asked for forgiveness for something that you're struggling with. He may have allowed you to go through a battle today. One of the things that happens when we don't repent is that strongholds come into our life. Does everybody know what a stronghold is? Let me tell you. What is a spiritual stronghold, you ask? Well, it's a reoccurring destructive habit that takes you away from God and puts you in bondage. It's a reoccurring destructive habit that ultimately leads to your demise spiritually. It'll kill you. Amen. It will spiritually kill you. A stronghold. What could that be? It could be anything like a stronghold of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, lack of repentance. All these things can destroy you. We've all seen people that have been captive, held captive by a stronghold. And the Lord, again, is telling us, Listen to this word here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. It says this, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So listen to this. God isn't just miraculously or instantly in your mind going to give you the victory. Listen to these words. It says, We destroy... There's a part, there's a, there's a part that you and I have. He's saying, you got to destroy it. You got to destroy it. You got to capture it. You got to capture it. So, yes, God is a miracle worker, but he wants your part to be done as well. 
He'll give you the strength. He'll give you his word. He'll give you a church to hear the word of God preached. He'll give you a Bible study during the week, a small group to connect with. But it's up to you to do your part. You've got to do your part. So the Lord is saying, how do you remove strongholds? We destroy them. We destroy them. We remove them. We capture them by our ability to obey Christ and follow his teachings. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. And then finally, these strongholds. Let me give you an example of what happens when we don't follow them according to scripture. Control can lead to fear, can lead to rejection. Pornography can lead to shame. It can lead to abandonment. Anger can lead to insecurity, which can then lead to shame or abuse, excuse me, lead to abuse. These are all bondages that we can be held in. And I know that's something that we can all be attacked in. Just remember this, and I got to remind you, the enemy cannot possess you, but he can attack you. As believers, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Just remember that. Just like Job, the, the, the Lord told him, do anything you want against him, but don't take his life. See, he can't because the Lord is protecting you and I. Amen. So bondages lead to a lifestyle. A lifestyle leads to, to values. Values lead to actions that you take. Actions start with decisions. Decisions start with thoughts. That all leads to bondages that you may have. And the Lord's plan is for you not to live in spiritual bondages. Listen to this uh, final scripture I have in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. I just want to read the first two verses here. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist, everybody say resist, Resist. the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. So it starts again with you. What do you got to do? You got to submit. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Just like he did ultimately for Job. He actually, I mean, Job was just a tremendous, tremendous example. And now God knew the beginning from the end. So know that when you're going through a struggle, he sees what you're capable of doing. He sees that you're capable of going through the other end. He sees that you're capable of resisting the issues of life that are holding you down. Amen? And then here's what you have to know. You have to absolutely know. Who are you fighting against? Tomorrow when you go to work, it's not your co-worker. It's not your manager. It's not your nosy neighbor. It's not the one that's always calling the cops on you even though you don't ever do anything. The one that gives you the dirty looks. Or it's not the people, and I'm talking about all the people at Walmart. It's not any of those people. It's the ancient enemy of humanity since the Garden of Eden. It's the snake. It's the devil. It's Lucifer. He is your enemy. This is is a spiritual stronghold, a spiritual attack. Remember that tomorrow, if you're faced with, with a manager that doesn't like you and you don't like him or her, he's not your enemy. She's not your enemy. This is a spiritual battle that we as believers face. Amen? Amen. Identify your opponent, his strategies, his tactics. Know that the word of God is powerful and that it can watch you, take care of you, protect you. Amen? It gives you strength. And then finally, accept that the battle 
is one. If I can have Bianca come up as we close. I love what Jesus said. He said this in Matthew chapter 28 uh, when he gave the Great Commission, verses 18 through 20. He ultimately says, all authority in heaven is given to me. He said, all authority in heaven. So if he has all authority and he lives in you, how do you think you're going to fight your battles? Fight them with him on your side, amen? If you're in Christ, guess what? You're on the winning side. You are on the winning side. Many, many people, I believe, many believers do not realize they are on the winning side. Rather, they choose to live a defeated life. They live in defeat rather than in the victory that God has already given them. God is a giver. He's given you victory. He's given you eternal life. He's given you a, a purpose, a plan for your life. He's granted you forgiveness. He's given you spiritual healing, eternal life forever with him. Just for that alone, you should be tuned in. Lord, what's next? What's next, Lord? What are you going to do next? I'm going to drive now from Napa to Vallejo, then to San Francisco, and now the world's open. The world's open to you. Don't let the enemy hold you back another day. God has great plans for all of us, but we have to learn to use these two weapons. These two weapons of forgiveness and repentance. Don't let those weapons use you. You use those weapons. Amen. Can I get you to stand with me this afternoon as we close? Father, here today, uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to thank you. I thank you that you are a loving God. You look past the fact that none of us here are perfect, me included. Father, we're so far from perfect. We need your mercy, your grace, your faithfulness every day. I thank you for that every day of my life, Lord. Not a day goes by that I thank you for that. But Lord, you're not concerned about our past. You don't ever even bring it up. All you're concerned about is our future and us walking in the identity that you have given us to live free, live free out of bondage, out of spiritual strongholds, to break them. And Father, as we do that, blessings begin to flow in our life relationships are healed. So Lord, at this time, I want to ask people here today, if there's some of you here that you know very well, you've hurt somebody and you haven't asked them for forgiveness and you know you should. Or maybe maybe you're here and God is speaking to you and telling you, even though it's not your fault, you need to go to that person and ask them for forgiveness. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand so I know that I can pray for you today. If that's you here today, I want to pray for you. Yes, yes, I see hands. Yes, 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 Lord. Lord, you see these hands. Now, everybody, if you could just raise your hands with me. Lord, we lift up our hands to you. And that is a a sign of surrender, Lord. We surrender to you. Father in heaven, I ask, Lord, right now, as we surrender to you, that you would speak to every single one, that you would give us strength to go and ask for forgiveness of that person we've wronged, or maybe that person you're putting in our mind right now. 
And Lord, that we would become released from that bondage, that we would be set free from a spiritual stronghold, that it would never, no longer have a grip on me or my walk in you. Lord, you've created me to walk in a new identity as a, as a new creation. And Lord, I pray that for every hand that rose today, that they would go and seek reconciliation, ask for forgiveness, repent of what it may be that you've placed on their heart, Lord. And I pray that they would begin to experience blessing like never before that you would set them free, Father, and that blessings from above would just begin to flow. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord.